The time is 9 o'clock and you're listening to CHMA 106.9 FM. Hello and welcome to Tanjima Report on CHMA 106.9 FM and chmafm.com. We're broadcasting from Sackville, New Brunswick, the heart of the Maritimes, on the traditional and unceded lands of the Mi'kmaq people. I'm Erica Butler. It's Friday, November 24th. On today's show... Mostly we talked about the need for public transit, which is not something we usually think is possible in a small town in Canada, but that's not really how most of the world thinks about it. We talked to a few of the participants from the first of two community conversations on transportation happening at the Sackville Commons this week and next. And then we check in with new PEDVAC Foundation Director Jody McRae about this year's Christmas box campaign. That's coming up right after some local news and information briefs. A Sackville man accused of murdering and dismembering his spouse has been granted a six-week adjournment in court proceedings so that he can get a second opinion on whether or not he can be held criminally responsible for his actions. Roger Hilliard Crossman appeared by video conference in Moncton Provincial Court on Thursday morning in what was slated as a plea in election hearing for the two charges against the 62-year-old. Crossman was represented by St. Antoine lawyer Tim Dubay, who told the court that his client wanted a second opinion in part based on a language barrier during his psychiatric assessment at the Restigouche Hospital Centre in Campbellton. Crown Prosecutor Martine Cormier told Judge Ronald LeBlanc that the results of the original psychiatric assessment at the Restigouche found that Crossman was responsible for his actions. While the judge had a copy of Crossman's assessment report, it was sealed, and so he asked both Cormier and Dubay if the report contained any grounds for a second assessment. Neither could provide any. Dubay asked the court for six weeks adjournment to allow for a privately arranged psychiatric assessment and also for the lawyer to receive and review disclosure from the prosecutor. LeBlanc granted the adjournment and set a date of January 8, 2024 for the next hearing. After LeBlanc explained the new date to Crossman, the accused seemed to request to speak, saying, if I may, your honor, twice over video link. LeBlanc explained the new date once again and told Crossman his lawyer would further explain matters to him, to which Crossman replied simply, yes, your honor. Relatives and friends of Marlene Arsenault Crossman were in court for the proceeding and looked visibly upset. According to her obituary, the 59-year-old leaves behind two sons and their families, as well as a number of brothers, sisters, nieces, and nephews. Marlene Crossman was born and grew up in Amherst and worked various jobs in Amherst, Sackville, and Moncton. Most recently, she was the beloved manager of the Amherst Theatre. Roger Crossman remains in custody. The RCMP are not releasing much information about a police operation early Wednesday morning on Pondshore Road in Sackville. Spokesperson Hans Boulette says that the RCMP's emergency response team and other specialized policing services went to a residence on Pondshore Road at about 6 a.m. on Wednesday as part of an ongoing investigation. Roulette says seven people were arrested at the residence and the situation did not pose a threat to the general public. Roulette did not disclose the nature of the investigation or if charges were laid as a result of arrests. Tanshamar Council has two meetings scheduled for next week. On Monday, the Council meets for its monthly Committee of the Whole meeting, where it hears departmental reports and has a chance to discuss requests for decisions from town staff. The public portion of that meeting starts at 3 p.m., with council convening earlier at 2.30 p.m. to discuss a human resources issue in private. 
Then on Tuesday, Council will reconvene again at 3 p.m. for a special meeting with just three items on the agenda, a motion stemming from Monday's closed human resources discussion, a motion about the Dorchester Outdoor Rink, and a presentation on Tanchamar's new brand identity. Earlier this year, the town hired Details Design Plus Branding to develop a brand for the newly amalgamated town. The contract was worth roughly $68,000, and the town asked the province to cover $50,000 of the expense under amalgamation costs. About 15 people gathered at the Sackville Commons on Thursday to talk about the challenges and solutions for transportation in the Tantramar region. Okay, my name is Harris McSheffrey. What kind of barriers to transportation were you talking about today? Well, lack of funding and lack of coordination and, well, lack of social safety net. Like, it'd be nice to have universal basic income to be able to afford things and also public transit funded and also make it renewable energy friendly too. Also, infrastructure needs to be addressed as well, like more electric vehicle charging stations. And the more faster they can charge, the better the infrastructure for that. My name is Laura Watson. What are some of the barriers and challenges to transportation that you were talking about today? I mean, mostly we talked about the need for public transit, which is not something we usually think is possible in a small town in Canada, but that's not really how most of the world thinks about it. Most of the world thinks about transit as just essential infrastructure. Um, and I think it's, it's very possible here. Oh, my name is Patrick, um, and uh, owning a car is very expensive, and it has a massive drain on my, like, limited finances. And, you know, there were a time when I would be able to take the bus to Moncton and back in a day, and this has really disappeared, so it, it makes it a lot harder to, like, in Sackville get things like clothing. Uh, yeah. Yeah, transportation, you, you mentioned transportation options now are actually worse in Sackville than they had been in the last few decades. Yeah, when I first moved to Sackville in like 2011, uh, I could take the bus uh, to Moncton uh, regularly in a way that's not available now. I just checked Maritime Bus, you can, uh, to go to Moncton and back, you leave at 3.30 one day and come back at 2.20 the next day. So the minimum's about a 24-hour trip now, where there were times I would go to Moncton just for the afternoon on the bus. So I'm Jody McRae. I'm the new executive director at Pet, the Pedvac Foundation in Port uh, Elgin. And I came out today because transportation has been identified as one of our biggest issues. We serve, um, you know, a fair-sized community, probably all total be, be about 1,800 people, although the immediate population is not that large. And we find that one of the biggest barriers we have, whether it's people coming to just pick up food from the food bank or trying to attend some of the workshops and other social events and just community sort of connected um, sort of workshops, I guess, that we offered is they can't get there because they, there is no transportation. There's no public transportation. There's nothing that's affordable. So if you can't, you know, afford food, you can't really afford rent at times, you know, you're having to rely on, um, you know, other agencies to provide your kids lunches. Um, it's hard, to, it's hard to afford transportation. I think it's even a challenge, even if it was a, a public transportation. I think there needs to be a lot of government subsidy to look at our specific area and to connect them up with other areas so that they're not, you know, kind of isolated. Those are some of the voices of people gathered on Thursday afternoon as part of com a community conversation on transportation hosted by local consultant and researcher Margaret Toos-King. 
Chiz King is working on a national project called Transportation Shift. A second meeting is slated for Tuesday evening at the Sackville Commons. One of the voices you heard speaking about transportation was the new director of the PEDVAC Foundation in Port Elgin, Jody McRae. CHMA also took the opportunity to ask McRae about PEDVAC's 2023 Christmas Box campaign. Okay, the Christmas box campaign, we just kicked that off last week at the Old Fashioned Christmas in Port Elgin, and we will be taking applications from families who would benefit from assistance um, this Christmas season up until December 8th. So we will provide for every family, um, I believe it is three days worth of food, along with all the food required for a traditional Christmas meal, including a turkey or ham. Um, We also provide all gifts for all members of the family, right up to and including the pets. And this is all made possible through financial and donations of toys and food that we receive from the community, community sponsors and local businesses. So uh, I'm assuming you're also, you know, you're asking people make sure you sign up by December 8th if you need this, but also donations. You need you need those, right? Absolutely. We need to know who needs the help and then we need the donations in order to be able to assist them. How many people does the Christmas box campaign help, would you say, on, on you know, we are rough guess? We for 75 families this year. 75 families just in the Port Elgin area? Correct. Wow. Is that, does that seem like a big number to you? It is a big number. And I know that each year it has grown. I know that average, you know, probably five or plus years ago was probably around 40. So it has almost doubled and we're certainly seeing new families or an increase in use on a monthly basis. Tell me about some of the other regular services that PEDVAC runs. So PEDVAC also has a boutique that is open Thursday to Saturday from noon till four. So we sell um, very affordably priced clothing and household items, um, toys, and a lot of things that we get in, uh, well, everything that we get in for donation. We have stopped taking large furniture items because we don't have the manpower or the space to accommodate them. But the average price for something, I would say, is probably about $3. Um, Sweaters, clothing, items like that are $3. Children's clothing is much less. And you can find stuff in there right down to 50 cents. And if people really don't have the money, we do provide them what they need. Um, We also have the food bank, which runs Wednesday to Friday, and it is from 10 till 3. We do ask that people sign up for that because we do it by appointment to provide confidentiality. Um, We also try to meet what people's, you know, needs and wants are based on likes, dislikes, um, allergies, that sort of thing. Members of the family, children try to provide for the school lunches. Um, We get most of the food comes from the food depot alimentaire, but we also rely on donations of other food stuff and money because we do not have one of the things that the other food banks have is any local businesses. We don't have a Sobeys. We don't have a a Walmart. We don't have anybody in our small town that can provide us with any grocery or food items. And we, we, you know, we've just, it's not feasible to travel to Moncton because of transportation. Again, we can't go places and pick up um, donations that we might receive from other um, grocery stores. So it's very challenging, obviously, right? We have the same challenges and then some. That's Jody McRae, director of the PEDVAC Foundation in Port Elgin. That's it for Tanchamar Report for Friday, November 24th. In light of the continuing Facebook ban on Canadian news outlets, help us spread the word about CHMA's work by sharing stories via email or just telling your friends and neighbours to check out CHMA-FM at 106.9 or chmafm.com. I'm Erica Butler. Thanks for listening.
Hi, I'm Angela, and you're listening to CHMA. Are you interested in contributing to Sackville, New Brunswick's campus and community station CHMA 106.9 FM? If you're a Mount Allison student or a community member, we'd love to help you get your voice on the radio. CHMA is the voice of the marshes, and we want to do everything we can to raise your voice up, too. For more information about getting involved with CHMA, send an email to programming at chmafm.com. Feel like I'm melting away 
that was Rain On Me by Shannon Chapman. And before that was our Tantramar Report, courtesy of Erica Butler. Happy Friday, and welcome to the Late Morning Show here on CHMA. I'm your, I'm your Late Morning host, JC, and you're listening to CHMA 106.9 FM in Sackville, New Brunswick. Broadcasting live to all of you beautiful CHMA listeners from the third floor of the Wallace McCain Student Center. The time is 9.16, and what a perfect time it is for a weather update. So, it is currently beautiful outside. Sun is shining. A mix of sun and cloud today with a 60% chance of flurries this afternoon and a high of plus 2. A few flurries this evening, about 2 centimeters of snow. Uh, low of minus 12, but a wind chill of minus 20 overnight. It is getting cold. If you have any farm animals, it is definitely the time to turn on those heat lamps. Um, and maybe if you haven't started up the wood stove yet, I don't believe we have. Uh, might be a good time to do that as well. All right, Saturday, sunny with a high of minus 6, and again, a wind chill of minus 20 in the morning and minus 13 in the afternoon, with a low of minus 9 in the evening. On Sunday, to finish off the weekend, a mix of sun and cloud with a high of plus 1, and cloudy in in the evening with a low of minus 1. On Monday, snow or rain. It hasn't been decided what it is yet, uh, but we will be sure to update you here at CHMA uh, as soon as they know. Uh, It'll be a high of plus 8 on Monday with periods of rain and a low of minus 1 in the evening. On Tuesday, a mix of sun and cloud with a high of plus 1 and a low of minus 8. And on Wednesday, a high of minus 3 and a low of minus 9 with a mix of sun and cloud. All right, let's keep the show rolling and back into the music. Here is Emily Kahn with her song, Endless. Feels so far from what I thought I'd become, but. 
everyone. My name is Leo from Blooms, and you're listening to CHMA 106.9 FM in Sackville, New Brunswick.
just listened to David Vertesi and Jordan Klassen with their song, One in a Million. Happy Friday, and welcome back to the Late Morning Show here on CHMA. I'm your Late Morning host, JC, and you are listening to CHMA 106.9 FM in Sackville, New Brunswick. Broadcasting live to all of you beautiful CHMA listeners from the third floor of the Wallace McCain Student Center. The time is... 926 and how about we do a few local announcements so the mount allison fine arts department is holding their first student art show and sale of the year it is happening in just 33 minutes at 10 o'clock you can head over to the purdy crawford center for the arts foyer from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. today to support the work of Mount Allison's fine arts students and maybe even get some new art yourself. Purchases can be made only with cash. So head on down to the Purdy Crawford Center anytime between 10 and 5 today and support the awesome art that the students of Sackville are doing. All right, perhaps you're looking into doing something tomorrow. Well, you're in luck. Live Bait Theater is pleased to present Jingle Bell of the Ball for one night only tomorrow, Saturday, November 25th at 7.30 p.m. You can head on down to the Sackville Legion for a holiday drag cabaret starring the fabulous Mrs. Claus. This event is recommended for ages 13 and up. For tickets or more information, please head to livebaittheater.com. All right, a few more for you. So, Open Sky Co-op will be hosting their Christmas open house on December 2nd from 1 to 3 p.m. Santa Claus will even be making an appearance and will be on hand for photos with your children and pets. Pop in and join them for a cup of hot chocolate and a toasted marshmallow over an open fire pit. All right, and last one from me for now before we get back to the music. This Sunday happening this Sunday. The Tanchmar Heritage Trust is pleased to invite you all to join them as they celebrate the publication of the Tanchmar Heritage Trust's 39th book, Indifference and Remissness, English Language Education on the Isthmus of Chignecto, 1760s to 1870s by Rihanna H. Edwards. Drawing upon official government records, local diaries, journals, and account books, as well as newspaper articles and other material, indifference and remissness traces the evolution of English language education in New Brunswick's parishes of Sackville and Cumberland, Westmoreland. But the study begins only in 1755, uh, after the slaughter and expulsion of the Acadians, and concludes with the passage of the New Brunswick Common Schools Act in 1871, which provided tuition-free education to all school-aged children. So you can join them on Sunday, November 26th at 2 p.m. at the Anderson Octagonal House on 27 Queens Road. The author will be available to give a talk on the book and read select passages, and copies of the book will even be available for purchase of $28 each. Admission is free and everyone is welcome. A reception will follow with light refreshments. If you have any questions or concerns, please contact Karen at 506-536-2541. All right. Now, back on to the music. So up next, we 